Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Barty Jogdesh, finance presenter Ryan Huang and Adrian Abraham. Time now for our Why It Matters segment. The investment world is always shifting and evolving with the needs of its producers and investors. But one of the more recent and interesting changes we have seen in the market has been the rise of SPACs, which is special purpose acquisition companies that can take the place of a traditional IPO roadshow and find fundraising season. Well, IPOs do remain a popular option for the majority of companies and direct listing fundraising remains the go-to option for large companies with plenty of capital already. SPACs offer alternative fundraising options for smaller companies and might be changing the market overall. And a couple of weeks back, it was announced that the Singapore Exchange will be the first major boss in Asia to offer SPAC listings. So what does all of this mean for the local startup? up scene here. We have on the line Michael Lynn's partner Golden Gate Ventures which counts newly minted Unicorn Carousel as one of its investments. Good morning Michael, how are you? Good morning, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, doing really good. You know, Golden Gate Ventures is a venture capital fund in Southeast Asia founded by Silicon Valley natives. And since 2011, the firm has launched four funds, managed 250 million US dollars and invested in more than 60 companies. Now, give us a quick overview of Golden Gate Ventures, the kind of companies you invest in, and how many startups in your portfolio are close to a potential exit via listing. Sure. Happy to talk about it. So Golden Gate Ventures has been around for the past 10 years, headquartered in Singapore. So we're an early stage venture capital fund. We've invested in over 60 companies to date across the Southeast Asian region. We invest in early stage tech. So anything from e-commerce to health tech, to agri-tech, to education. And we offer a lot of support for our companies because we are, um, a lot of us are former entrepreneurs that have been through the struggle our own. And then I decided to, uh, to put our efforts and time into helping companies across the region. Let's talk about startups in your portfolio, because that's very closely related to the larger issue here, which is SPACs that we're going to be talking about in greater detail in just a moment. Tell us more about startups in your portfolio, the impact of COVID-19 on the startup scene as well. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of our portfolio companies have been in the news as of recent. If you think of names of, uh, of Carousel or, uh, or Caro, companies that have raised significant rounds of funding. And I think, yeah, and we'll talk a bit more about SPACs, but I think the arrival of SPACs in, in Singapore and, and the, the allowance to, to list them in the, on the stock exchange is going to change the landscape for a lot of, lot of the companies here. But in this new avenue to do, to do an exit. Traditionally, if you look at our portfolio companies, when there was an exit or when there was what we call a liquidity event, those tended to be acquisitions. So other companies acquiring our companies in a portfolio. But we'll now see a more more natural path towards a, towards an IPO listing as well. How has it affected valuations overall? Many tech companies have benefited from COVID-19, haven't they? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as we were all, I would say, stuck at home and not traveling, we, we realize how how dependent we were on technology and, and whether it's video calls, whether it's ordering groceries, whether it's uh, buying anything online, whether it's home-based learning with your kids. So it's been very important to have a, a strong technology infrastructure and it really skyrocketed a few companies over the past years and shown that 
they were building infrastructure for us to be able to, um, to actually live on a day-to-day basis. But there's another thing that has been very interesting, specifically over the last few months. We've seen more and more foreign capital looking to invest in Southeast Asian companies. And whether it's large venture capital funds from the US, from Europe, from India or China, everyone is now seeing the potential of the, of the Southeast Asian ecosystem. Now, Michael, let's talk about SPACs specifically. Since its announcement a few weeks ago, SGX is expecting to receive its first application for a SPAC listing, it says, in the next couple of weeks. Some companies that we have spoken to are very optimistic about this. They want to go in on this. But over the years, several red flags have been raised in other countries. Reports about SPACs in the US, for example, are often negative cautionary. In fact, the Financial Times said that SPACs are oven-ready deals that you should leave on the shelf. Last September, we saw the SEC in the US saying that it was watching SPACs closely to ensure that SPACs shareholders are getting the same rigorous disclosure that you get in connection with bringing an IPO to market. Another Wall Street Journal report that I just saw recently, it was actually published in November last year, said that SPACs have a poor record of delivering returns of 107 that have gone public. It's since 2015, the average return on their common stock has been a loss of 1.4%. And we have seen some big names make the headlines, but apparently they are quite rare. DraftKings, for example, they did very well. But put this in perspective for us in the Singapore context. To what extent do initiatives announced by the Singapore government, which include higher grants to help defray listing costs, as well as a $1.5 billion fund to invest in high-growth companies listing in Singapore, to what extent would all of these initiatives successfully allay these concerns? Yeah, I I think if you look at SPAC listings, and and I would say that the frenzy that you saw in 2020 and then the early start of 2021, um, and I'll, I'll get to the Singapore situation, has shown that with SPACs, although it's an amazing vehicle to a strategy to list companies, there's, of course, always caution. And to give a few examples in terms of the losses we've seen in the U.S., a lot of these companies were companies in terms of revenue and profitability that weren't as strong. Some companies were even just off of a product and had hardly a, a large customer or consumer base to show for so I do think that we still should have the same rigor and sort of the same scrutiny when it comes to the traditional listing when we look at looking at SPACs. Now, I think for Singapore, it's, it's going to be a big game changer in, in a positive sense. And the Singapore Stock Exchange has taken the time to do a proper consultation round, talk to the market, talk to investors, uh, talk to venture capitalists like ourselves uh, to say, hey, we are planning this, you know, this, this, this strategy. What do you think should happen and what do you think we need? I'm assuming with the growth fund to help companies with, with fundraising, with liquidity, I'm thinking that the SGX working closely with partners across, across the region. I do see that there will be more scrutiny, more analysis, more due diligence when it comes to these listings here. So I do see a positive outcome for, for the Singapore Stock Exchange especially because the entire ecosystem rallies behind it. Right now, there is a lot of enthusiasm, but we've seen such things happen before where there's enthusiasm at the beginning and then it all sort of fizzles out. What do you think would have to be done on a sustained basis to sustain this enthusiasm? So the biggest part for SPACs is, to me, is, is things. One is that there needs to be enough liquidity in the market, so enough willingness for, for investors to invest in, this, in these public stocks. And the second thing is strong and good companies. Where we are seeing these companies building up over the past 10 years, I think we're quite positive and confident that we're seeing a few strong companies that are going, and whether it's to a dual listing or whether it's a SPAC, 
that are going to list in the Singapore Stock Exchange. I think everyone has seen the negative sides of SPACs as well from what's been happening in the, in the U.S. market. And we'll be more cautious in terms of, um, again, understanding which targets companies should be, uh, should, should be listing here. Michael, let's talk about Carousel. You know, Singapore, Hong Kong and the U.S. What are the pros and cons in listing either three of these? Which one would you choose for Carousel? You know, I, I think for companies that are that are homegrown in, in Singapore, you know, listing on the on the SGX is of course, you know, I think it's it's sort of a beautiful price upon working very hard for the past for the past you know, 10, 12 years. When you look at listing, you know, larger companies also tend to look at the US, of course. The US has a very strong and, and long track record for successful tech listings. It is a very deep institutional investor market. There's a lot of liquidity for these for, for these companies. And you know, one good example would be you know, C, formerly Guina listed on the NYSE. So I do think there's an advantage to, to listing in large exchanges as, as US. That being said, we've recently seen a listing happening in, uh, in Indonesia, a company called Bukalapak. And we are now seeing that, you know, sort of homegrown companies that are listing on local stock exchanges uh, can actually have success as well. Thank you very much for that, Michael. Michael Lintz, partner at Golden Gate Ventures. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.